standing in respect to the reading of the Word of God. Would you take your Bibles, please, and turn to John chapter 16 this morning. John chapter 16, we'd like to begin our responsive reading in verse number 16 and read to the end of the chapter, which is verse number 33. Allow me to read the even-numbered verses, beginning in verse 16. And would you begin reading with me, please, verse 17 and the succeeding odd-numbered verses through the end of the chapter. Once again, that's John chapter 16. The Gospel of John, chapter 16, verses 16, reading through verse 33 and reading responsively. A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to, my fa- to the Father. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. And because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while. We cannot tell what he saith. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves, or that I said, A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye shall reap and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And ye shall be sorrowful, but the sorrow shall be turned into joy. And your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow. But I will see you again, and your sorrow shall rejoice, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs. But the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I will show you of the Father. At that time ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I am come out from God. I came forth from the Father, and am come into the world, Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. But this we believe, that thou camest from God. Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And may God have blessing the reading of his word. Let's make our prayer. Now, Heavenly Father, as we go into what I believe is normally the most important time of our week, preaching of your word on Sunday morning. I pray that you might speak to every heart. Lord, I pray for those that 
don't have the Spirit of God in them, the Lord, maybe are not saved, not received Christ as their Savior. I pray for unction from your Spirit, Lord, to their need of salvation in Christ. Lord, I pray for those that are saved. pray that you might speak to our hearts. And we'll thank you for what you're going to do. We give you praise in advance. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Appreciate that, Daniel. I've sang that song thousands of times. Uh, for 40 plus years, I've been going to a nursing home thousands of times over these four decades. 
We had 34 years in a row we went to the nursing home. I, it's the longest stretch of time that I haven't been in a nursing home in my life, in my adult life at least. Uh, these last four or five months I haven't been in a nursing home one time. And uh, that's the number one requested song. We sing that almost every week at the nursing home services, of course. And it made me think of the saints at the nursing home. I be careful here. Uh, I say this, we have a half dozen senior citizens and senior saints in the nursing home. I was talking to one of our senior saints this week. They, they were crying on the phone, to be honest with you, and uh, they haven't been able to see anybody for months on end. And uh, pray for our nursing home saints, if you would, please. Pray for Brother Frank Romanello as well, if you would, please. John chapter 16. John chapter 16 in these, pardon me for mentioning it as if we didn't know, these COVID days. This, this is the Last Supper. This is what known as, is known as the Upper Room Discourse. It really begins in chapter 13 of John and goes to chapter 17. It's the several hours of conversation that Jesus had on the night of his betrayal, prior to the night of his uh, betrayal, rather. And he's given his disciples words of last wisdom before he goes to the cross, but they're, they're blinded. They're clueless to what's really going to happen, and it's going to happen within, literally speaking, almost minutes of uh, his saying these words, at least just a few short hours. And I refer to a little phrase found in chapter 16, verse number 16. It's our message this morning. I want you to notice what Jesus said in verse number 16. A little while, a little while, and ye shall not see me. They didn't know how close a little while was going to be. Hours. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. That phrase, a little while, is actually found 11 times. It's found nine times in our King James Bible, of course, that phrase Jesus used in John's Gospel, a little while. We find it first in John chapter 7, actually, but John chapter 12, Jesus said, verse 35, let me just quote you the verse. Jesus said unto them, yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. Jesus is the light of the world in John chapter 7. In a little while, the light of the world was with us for 33 years on planet Earth. And then John 13 and verse 33, Jesus said, Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and, and as I said unto the Jews, Whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you. And then John chapter 14, verse 19, Yet a little while the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I shall live, and ye shall live also. And then five times in our passage before us, in verses 16 through verse number 19, we have these five times phrases where Jesus says, yet a little while. And I want you to know that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I guess it was, two Sundays ago, about this season that we're in, this 2020. I wish, you know, we could take our mother up on that phrase where she said, if, uh, if you don't knock it off, I'll slap you into next year. I wish we could do that. It slept in the next year, but it's, we're here. And uh, I didn't prognosticate, I didn't predict. Uh, in fact, none of us, I, I don't think any of us hardly even knew the word COVID or coronavirus until the beginning of this year, or late last year, I suppose it was. And it was something over in China, nothing to affect us. And oh, how little do we realize. Yet a little while, our whole world has changed, our whole America has changed. But I want to focus on this morning and the minutes that we have this morning on that little phrase, a little while. You know, life is but just a little while. In Psalm 90, the passage of scripture I use for most of my funerals, the Bible says the days of our years, the days of our years are three score and ten. 
at 70 years. And if by reason of strength there be four score years, yes, there is our strength, labor, and sorrow, and we are soon cut off, and we fly away. So teach us to number not our life, not our decades, not our years, not our months, not our weeks, but so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. In a little while, here today, gone tomorrow. I want to give you from the text six little whiles, if I could say it that way, from our text this morning here. As we begin in verse number 17, this is Jesus' words, just a, again an hour or so probably before he dismisses them to the, uh, to the Garden of Gethsemane and the, the betrayal of the son of perdition, as most of you know. In John chapter 16, notice verse number 17 as we begin this morning. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. And because I go to the Father. I want you to notice the wonder, the bewilderment, the, the confusion, the wondering, the searching. The little, the, there, there's a little while of searching left in our three score and ten and our four score years. A little while of, of searching. A little while of wondering. You ever wonder about things? We all wonder, don't we? Even the greatest of saints wonder. The disciples, they had walked with Jesus for three years. How long have you walked with Christ, by the way? You that are born again in Christ. Looking at Peggy, pardon me, she's in the front row, and so Peggy's walked with Christ for many, many years now. I could go across the audience here. Cecile was here this morning at 8.15 service. Cecile wouldn't mind me saying she's pushing 80. She's been walking with the Lord for a lot of time, a lot, long time in her life now. How long have you been walking with the Lord? Maybe it's been a year, maybe five years, maybe 10 years, maybe 20 years, maybe 30 years. I want you to know that even in those times of whether the first year of a Christian or 10th year of a Christian or 50th year of a Christian, there's still some times of searching, times where we get afraid. The disciples in verse number 17, they were a little afraid. They said, what's he mean? They, they, they were a little afraid. The Bible says, in fact, chapter 14, go, go back one page in your Bible, look at verse number one. We preached the whole message on this several weeks ago now on Sunday morning. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You ever have your heart get troubled? Whoa, yay, woe is me. Uh, sometimes even the, the best of saints, uh, the, the most so-called godly of saints, or the, the, the leaders of the, they, these disciples were the pillar, they were the, the foundation stones of the church, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And yet they got a little afraid. This world, there's a lot to be afraid about in this world for sure. A little bit of wondering, bewilderment, and what's happening in our world. Not only did they get a little afraid, but then when they got a little afraid, they, it was followed, preceded by a little bit ashamed. You know, we walk by faith, 2 Corinthians 5 says, and not by what? Sight. But we walk by sight, as Christians a lot of times do, don't we? Us that have been saved by faith, we walk by sight still. And don't just get embarrassed when you lose your faith, when you lose your uh, your, your, your Bible says, Jesus said over and over again in the scriptures, fear not. God said, fear not, and yet we fear. They were a little afraid. But then verse number 18, again, of chapter 16. They said, therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while, we cannot tell whence, uh, tell what he saith. They were a little embarrassed. They were a little ashamed. They shouldn't have been. I don't know about you, but... I thank God that God knoweth our frame. He knoweth our countenance. He knows that we are but 
the psalmist says we are but dust. I, uh, back uh, in the day when, well, you could talk about skin color and not getting impugned by, we had a black lady in our church, Miss Jessie was her name, uh, and uh, we had Miss Jessie here in our church, and come to think of it, in Torrington, and we had a Miss Jessie, I grew up with Miss Jessie, another Miss Jessie, another black lady, and her husband was a preacher for over 50 years of the gospel. I remember sitting in her house, she's in her 90s at the time, and, and she was talking to me and my, some other preachers, and she says, we ain't nothing but dirt. God created us from the dirt of the dust of the ground, and he, he breathed in us the breath of life. And all we are is just but dirt. God knows our frame. He created us from dust. And from the dust we shall return thither our bodies. And uh, he knows our frame. We, he knows that uh, uh, Psalm, or Second P- Peter 3.16, there's some, some, some things that the Lord said this night of his upper room, his betrayal, he said to them, but they went right over the, the, these prophets or these apostles' heads. They didn't understand. Second Peter 3.16 says, says also in his epistles, speaking in them things, some of these things, in which some things are hard to be understood. Some things of Scripture are hard to understand. Jesus, in earlier in this same upper room discourse, he said to his disciples, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to be crucified, and three days later I'm going to raise again from the grave or just previous to this upper room discourse, he said that, and it went right over their heads. Some things are hard to be understood. There's some still searching. There's some still bewilderment, some confusion, even with the best saints of God. John the Baptist, Jesus said, of all the, the men that were born among women, there's not risen greater than John the Baptist. Yet when John was in prison, you know how John died, don't you? Pardon me. Uh, for the sake of uh, a tender and weak at heart in our congregation, I'll let you figure it out. John the Baptist, he's the one that pointed his finger as he stood in River Jordan and said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. The fiery preacher that he was. Yes, he was in prison. He had some searching, he had some wondering, he had some doubt. He said, he sent his disciples to Jesus. He said, Art thou he whom we seek or do we seek or do we seek another? In other words, he had a question whether or not Jesus was the Messiah. I don't know about you, but uh, I, I talk oftentimes, just a few weeks ago, I was talking to certain somebody that has asked Jesus Christ to come into their heart and save them. And they're a child of God, as far as I know, as far as I can humanly tell. They've been saved. They prayed the sinner's prayer. But they, wanted, they came to me to ask for assurance. They came to me to ask whether they, they were wondering if they're for sure they're going to go to heaven. And, uh, of course, that answer is really up to them. Do they receive Christ as their Savior or not? Did you bow and pray and ask Christ in your heart? But even Christians that have prayed and asked Christ in their heart, from time to time, Satan can come to us and we begin to wonder. What if, what if we're wrong? What if we're not right? What if we begin to curse and swear like Peter on the night of betrayal? What if we deny him like the disciples all did? The Bible says if we deny him yet, he cannot deny himself. Jesus Christ, he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. My salvation is based on him, not on me. Thank you, Lord, for that. But I want you to know that there's a little while searching. John the Baptist, he was searching. I think, and I think Brother Roman, Roman would remind me just using him this morning here. He was always okay with that from years past. But I think Brother Rome was in a little bit of bewilderment and wonderment yesterday morning after talking to him after 12 hours of probably a sleepless night 
going to bed next to his wife of 60 plus to 62 years, I believe it was, and not having her there by his side as he was this morning here. He was wondering what God was doing. A little while, we got to wonder. A little while, a little while of searching. But then I want you to notice, not only a little while of searching, but then let's go back to our text, verse number 19, please. John chapter 16, verse 19. Jesus, now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him. Jesus knows your heart, by the way. He already knows your questions before you ask him. And said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves of that I said? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, in a little while, and ye shall yet, and ye shall see me. Verily, verily, I say unto you, verse 20, that ye shall weep and lament. Once you notice that in this earth, in this lifetime, there's a, not only a little while of searching, a little while of wonderment, but there's a little while of sorrow. A little sorrow. In verse number 33, the last verse of the chapter, Bible says, in this world you shall have tribulation. There's times of sorrow in this world. Psalm 30, verse 5 says, for in his anger, his anger endureth but for a moment. I could be wrong about this. I don't think I am. I think God's a little upset in America tonight, this morning. I think he has every reason to be. We've kicked God out of our schools for 50 plus years. We've kicked God out of our government We've been raising the proverbial fist to God with a finger in many cases as well. We say, God, get out of our life. Some things matter more than God matters. We are, God, God's anger might be being, being, being kindled. Psalm 30, verse 5 again, for his anger endureth but for a moment. In his, in his favor, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. We have a problem in our churches. We have a problem, first of all, in our country. We'll save it for another time in any detail. But I, my heart breaks when I think of America, what's happening to our country, what's happened in the past tense to our country. Young people, I was taught that in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. I was taught that Columbus was a good man. You say, oh, he was wicked. Read your history. Don't, don't listen to just everybody that talks. People say America is a bad country. Well, I still say God blessed America. God's been good to our country. I learned a, a history, not a revisionist history. That's another story for another time. But I, my, my heart breaks when I see what they're doing to our, our cities and our country and to our statutes and to our history and to our heritage. Everything is wicked and evil and sad and bad. We're wicked. Well, God, I, I believe this was a city set upon a hill, this country of ours. And uh, I believe that but I, my, my heart is broken what I see happening in America today. It's not the America I grew up in, I promise you that. My, my heart is broken when I, when it seems like we're losing our country. It seems like we're losing our churches. And my heart weeps and laments. There's a time of weeping. We now have what is kind of coined as happiness preachers. Happiness preachers are preachers that something good's gonna happen to you. Everything's always good. And we have a Walmart Christianity in our churches today. You would think after what we've been through that the churches of America would be filled to overflowing as we're coming out of COVID-19. And the opposite is true. Churches across America are taking hits. You know we have a problem when the largest 
event of the calendar year in churches, and I'm talking about evangelical gospel preaching churches, when the largest event of the year is the Easter egg hunt on Saturday, the day before Easter, it is the largest event of the year. We, we have a carnival funship, a carnival cruise line funship mentality of what church ought to be. There should be some crying in church, some weeping, some mourning, some sadness, some sorrow. It's a time for there's a little while of sorrow. James 4.9 says, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. I think America needs to humble themselves in the sight of the Lord. I don't know if we ever will again. Humble yourselves. I think Christians need to humble themselves as never before in the sight of the Lord. And trust in the Lord. A little while, a little sorrow. I can't help it. It just popped in my head. As I just somebody told me this morning, I didn't see any TV yesterday. That's a good thing. I didn't see any news. So I don't know if this is accurate or not, but another $1,200 is evidently coming to Americans across the board. People say, yay, wonderful. That's great. We're borrowing against our children's future. We're borrowing against ourselves is what we're doing. We're just kicking the can down the proverbial road. And it's going to lead to, when you, your happiness comes from $1,200, not from the Lord, just something wrong. There's a little sorrow. Now's the time to weep for the right things. Weep for our country. Weep for our churches across America. Weep and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, not lift ourselves up with pride. So God says to his disciples, listen, fellas, pardon the slang, I want you to hang on a little while in regards to your searching and wondering. In the, in, the, in the end, we'll understand it better by and by. There's a little while of sorrow. You're going to have some sorrow, but joy comes in the morning. The songwriter said, I'm embarrassed to say that I know this, and I'm glad the young people don't know this song, but there was a certain artist by the name of Joel once upon a time, and he wrote the words, I'd rather live, laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. Sinners are much more fun. Only the good die young. Sometimes it seems like us, uh, the righteous, are losing. We're losing our country. We're losing our churches. We're losing our, our, our joy and our happiness because of the sin and the debauchery that we find ourselves in. There comes a time of sorrowing. His Lord will turn that sorrow into joy. But then thirdly, I want you to notice the third little while. Back to chapter 16. Notice verse number 21. A woman... When she is in travail. Now I'm speaking from out of turn now. <laughs> I'm not a woman. I've never been in travail. And you mothers know exactly what I'm talking about. But you say, preacher, you don't have a clue what you're talking about. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour has come. I want you to consider thirdly, there's still a little while to struggle. A little while to struggle. This is a hard world we live in. There's times of great struggle. It's, uh, it's interesting. Our concept of time slows down and speeds up depending on the event. I went to the dentist on Thursday for my six months cleaning. Uh, on a scale of one to 10, I tell the dentist, I tell the, uh, what do you call the, the oral surgeon, the person that cleans your teeth, what, what's that, the hygienist, I guess it is? I tell the, you know, she's just out of college, you know, she's just out of dental school and she's, she, she, she unfolds her weapons in front of it like 20 of them like a, <gasps> I said on a scale of 1 to 10 I'm a 12 when it comes to pain 
you think I'm kidding. I, I tell her, I, says, I, just, I come right out and say, I'm a wimp. Please be nice to me. And I sit there and they put the light in your face. You're strapped into the chair. You're, you're laid down. You know how it is. You've been there. Open up. And I, I close my eyes and I start praying immediately. Lord, help me for the next 40 minutes. She said, I don't floss like I should. Those minutes, those seconds seem like hours. But take me to Disney World, and I can spend all day long and think it is just a, just a brief, moment in, brief moment in time. You see, your, your happiness depends on your concept of time, rather slows down and speeds up depending on the event. When that woman is there in that hospital or at home and in her bed, and the hours come of delivery, there's pain, to say the least. And you say, preacher, you have no clue what you're talking about. I admit it. <clears throat> but as soon as that baby is born... Jesus says, joy comes and she forgets all the struggle. One day, we're going to forget all the struggle that we have now, all the hard times. The same baby that brings sorrow brings joy. I might just add, and I, maybe I'm speaking to one or two people. <clears throat> I pastored long enough to know, and I'd be very careful right here because I'm sure of it. I don't know who you are. <clears throat> I'm very tender when I say these things because I, I know there's some ladies in this room that have probably went through a, an abortion. I'm not naive. <clears throat> we could go into all the reasons why you had an abortion. Maybe your husband or your significant other or whatever <clears throat> had an abortion. Some people are proud of it. They got a name for it. They call it pro-choice. They're proud other people live a whole lifetime with sadness because children, happy as a man that has his quiver full of them, the psalmist said. Children can be a blessing. Children that were raised up in the nurture and admission of the Lord are a blessing. Grandchildren, I can testify, can be a blessing. They can be a struggle too, <laughs> but they can be a blessing. I have a one, two, three. It's not on the worksheet. It's not on the screen, but I just want to give you for free here. Some areas that we need to struggle a little while longer in. First of all, we need to struggle. You need, if you're married, you need to struggle in your marriage. You say, preacher, I do struggle in my marriage. <laughs> no, you need to struggle with your spouse. You need to stay together, pray together, stay together. Work out your problem with fear, fears and trembling. It's, uh, divorce is rampant in our country, as you know, multiple divorces. The breakdown of the family. Struggle to keep your marriage together. Struggle to keep your members or your family together. Hey, you only have, in my case, I have two sisters and two brothers. That's the only two I got. Of brothers and two sisters, and they're, they're not perfect like me, of course. And, uh, you know, I tease, of course. You know, sometimes I turn them off. This, some, sometimes, sometimes on purpose, I don't try to ever do that, but a lot of times by accident. But they're my blood. God's given to us the ministry of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5. Work at keeping your family together. Love your family. And I'm not naive. If some of our family members have chosen different lifestyles, <clears throat> we can still love them. So struggle for your marriage, struggle for your members of your family, struggle for your ministry. Another time, another, another message, another whole message. Several messages need to be inserted here in the next coming weeks here for sure. But we've lost our ministries in America in our churches, we've been shut down. You're not allowed to sing in California. You're not allowed to meet in 
Many of the states around the nation, our Sunday schools have been decimated. Our VBSs are gone. Our kids' programs, our children's programs, our nursery, I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. What's happened? It's, so I put it in the bulletin. It's way easier to shut down than it is to start up. It's way easier to quit a habit than to start a habit. And we need to get back to ministry, back to going to all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature, back into discipleship, back to telling other people about Christ and getting our programs up and running. And I'm not casting stones to anybody but this guy right here in regards to this. We need to get, get the ship moving again, getting in the right direction and so forth. This is, this is uh, not meant to be. The gates of hell should not prevail against this church. So I want you to know Jesus said to his disciples, knowing the future, knowing the next hours, he said a little while of searching and wonderment was still yours. We're still going to question things. We're still going to wonder why, God, did you allow this? Why, why is this happening? A little while of sorrow. There's going to be sorrow. That's the woman in travail. There's a little while of struggle, a little while of sorrow before the joy. But then fourthly, verse 23, notice it with me, please. And in that day, most theologians believe it's referring to the events after Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, you that know your Bible. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it, to, give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Someone has said that prayer is nothing more than asking. Prayer is asking. And there is a little while in supplication. You've got to keep the S thing going, so we use a fancy word for intercession or for prayer. The word supplication. Prayer is work, but prayer works. Matthew 26 and verse 41, Jesus said, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The disciples were going to enter into temptation. They're going to fall asleep. Many of you know the story. Peter said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You know the rest of that story. Or he said, no, I'll deny, deny me, yet I will not deny you. And he entered into temptation, and hours later he would curse and swear and say he knew not the Lord. Jesus said, watch that and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is, do you know it? Weak. Oh, how weak our flesh is. Without him we can do nothing. Prayer is our... Not only last resort, but it's our first go-to. It's, it's prayer, there's, there's power in prayer. Without him, we can do nothing. We need to ask. It's an integral part of the Christian life. John 14, 12, let me just quote you verses 12 to 14. Verily, verily, Jesus said, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I shall do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to, unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may glorify, be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I got several other verses I could use, but let me just interject. I live a lot of my life now in the past, in my ripe old age, is soon to be 62. So I lived in, I live, uh, in my 20s and 30s sometimes, and I live back to the early days of our church, back when most none of you were around, no offense, and just Sonny and I, and then just a handful of people. And Lord blessed in a great way. And I won't rehash our history, but but uh, I was just young and probably dumb too. 
And I just believe God could do anything, and God just blessed in marvelous ways in those early days of the church. It was a different era, 80s. We could talk about that. Here we are, and I shouldn't say this because it's negative, but I'll say it anyhow. It's coming out, slipping out of my tongue, or slipping from my tongue. We're, we're lower today than we were 30 years ago. I mean, especially now with COVID. And uh, the days across America, churches that ran thousands are now running hundreds. Churches running hundreds are running teens. Some, teen, some small churches are out of business, hundreds of them. And yet the gates of hell should not prevail against his church, the Bible says. And we need to pray and pray that God's will be done. The Lord says when he comes, will he find faith on the earth? The numbers may not be as great as they used to be back in the 80s or 90s across America and churches all across America, but that doesn't mean that God's still not saving souls, that God's still not wanting to do a great work of grace. And when we get to heaven, we'll find out that some of our great works that we thought were great were not so great. Some of those things that we just poo-pooed and said were little, God says were great. His ways are not our ways, nor are his thoughts our thoughts. So we need to pray. It's time to pray. In fact, did you ever think about this? The time to pray, there's no indication in the Bible that there's any prayer in heaven, but there's a whole lot of praise. Our intercessor is there, and there's no more weeping, sorrow, sickness, pain, nor death, nor, nor former things. And our, our great high priest of our faith is there. he never leave us nor forsake us. We have need of nothing, but we'll praise him, praise him for all eternity. The time to pray is right now time to praise and we should be praising now too as well but uh, the time to praise will be in eternity forever and ever and ever but now it's a little while a little while left to intercession a little while left for prayer a little while for supplication pray earnestly the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much then fifthly this morning Jesus said really 11 different times 9 times specifically in our English Bible here he said yet a little while a little while to, of searching and wondering, bewilderment. A little while of sorrow. A little while to struggle before the joy. A little while of supplication. But John 9, 4, Jesus said to his disciples, I must work the works of him that sent me. The night cometh when no man can work. The songwriter said, work for the night is coming. Work till the midnight hour. Work is becoming bad in America. Why, why, why work when you can get a government paycheck? I'm sorry, pardon me, sorry about that. Why work when somebody else can take care of you? Before you know it, it's, uh, somebody else's are gone. There's nobody left to take care of you. You might have to trust in God and not the government. How about that one? No, I'm meddling, I'm sorry. Back to the message here. There's a little while to serve. Now's the time to serve. Jesus told his disciples back in our text in chapter 16, Notice verse number 32. Behold, the hour cometh, yea, and now is, that ye shall be scattered. Jesus knew his disciples were going to forsake him, every man to his own, and he shall leave me alone. All 12 of the disciples are going to run and flee for their lives when Jesus is betrayed. I want you to know that in this time of service, there's a little scattering. You say, what do you mean by that, preacher? A little scattering, a scattering. This is bad scattering. Again, I'm very care careful and cautious, and not only that, but I, I have no animosity or bitterness in my heart in regards to these things. 
I don't blame a lot of people at Rough Harvest Baptist Church because this guy here, from, uh, a very flawed pastor, I get it. I totally understand. You love the brethren. God commands us to love the brethren. And the people that fall by the wayside for one reason, good, bad, indifferent, doesn't matter. It should hurt our hearts and so forth. And we've had hundreds of people in the last 35 years of me pastoring this church that have come and gone, of course. Some for good reasons, some for moving, and some for graduating, and uh, some for just a different calling in their life to go to another church, be involved in the ministry, but some for not so good reasons. Disciples, they were scattered for not so good reasons. They were fear. They were, they were, they were, we could say in layman's talk or in military talk, they were cowards. That's guy talk for sure. They were scared out of their mind. They didn't want to be crucified. They were scattered. But I want you to know, if you just glance over to chapter 17, verse 12, Jesus said, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me have I kept, and none of them is lost. Thank God for eternal security. Thank for the fact that once saved, always saved. Thank God for the fact that when Jesus comes into your heart, he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I want you to know there's a little, little scattering. Maybe you've fallen away from the Lord. Maybe you say, that's been me, preacher. I've fallen away from the Lord before. Who hasn't? We've all stumbled. We all, we've all made, we have all had our shortcomings. We've all uh, been guilty of, uh, in many cases, of just abandoning the Lord or his people from time to time. But there's a little scattering before the gathering. God's going to gather in all his, he's not going to lose one of his saints It just popped in my head, just maybe three or four of you will get this here. I was at a funeral two weeks ago. Uh, you won't be able to make the connection. I'm sorry. Let me just get to the point. But don't say something bad about somebody from the, from the, the when they die. If they didn't do right, and you, people already know that. You don't have to remind them. You'll just tell them to, to, to say the good things. David eulogized Saul, the man that tried to kill him over and over and over and over again. He says, he said, Saul was good in his day. Say good things. God's going to say good things about his children. He's not going to remember the bad things. The former things will never be remembered. And so there's little scattering in our service. We scatter. We don't serve like we should, but there's going to be a gathering. A little letter B on a worksheet. A little bit of sorrowing before the rejoicing. The disciples, and Peter is a classic example, he would sorrow because of his betrayal of the Lord Jesus. But when Jesus rose from the grave, he told the women, and he says, make sure you go tell Peter that I'm here. It's okay, Peter. It's all right. And uh, then I want you to know, thirdly, let us see on our worksheet. There's a little bit of serving before the reaping. A little bit of serving before the reaping. The Bible says in Galatians 6, verse 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing. Hey, let me talk to servants of God that have really been trying to serve God for days and weeks and months and years and decades. You ever get tired in your service to the Lord? Don't we all? Doesn't it happen to the best? Elijah happened to Elijah. He sat down and wanted to die by the brook Cherith. You know the story. Happened to many of the servants of God. Happened to Job. You get weary in well-doing and then you get castigated or things go wrong when you're doing right and you wonder but keep on serving the Bible says Galatians 6 9 
and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You know, we never can lose our salvation, but we can lose our rewards. The Bible is very clear about that. And work for the night is coming when no man can work, and work be found faithful in the good times and in the not so good, good times. One of my favorite verses of scripture is Acts 20, 24. But none of these things move me, Paul said. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. You know how Paul finished his course, right? Same thing. That I'm, and the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel, the grace of God. Yes, I was at that funeral two weeks ago. For Most of you know it, but for the handful of you who don't know, I was at Pastor Melvin Swanson's 95th. He did to be 95 years of age. Pastored for 57 years. And he faithfully pastored. Uh, and then the last several years of his life, of course, in his 80s, late 80s and 90s, he lived at home for a few years. And they finally got so bad they had to put him in a nursing home. He died a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago. I guess it's been now in the nursing home. But he was faithful unto death. And God, I guarantee, is going to give him a crown of life. And so now, now, not tomorrow, Satan's got a procrastination. Now is the time to serve the Lord. Christians across America ought to be serving the Lord more than ever before, not less than ever before. The Lord says when the Lord comes, we find faith on the earth. Now our churches ought to be packed, not empty, across America. People ought to be running to get back to the house of God. And uh, we, not less service, more service. And lastly this morning, verse 30, 29 to 31, and for time's sake, I'm not going to read 29 and 30. Disciples queried and asked a question. We get to verse number 31. Jesus said these words to his disciples. Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? There's a little bit of a little while until of our searching going on, a little while of sorrow, a little while of struggle, a little while of supplication, of intercession, of prayers, a little while to serve, not less in the last days, but more. But then Jesus says to his disciples, there's a little while to believe before seeing. A little while to believe before seeing. I end with an illustration and an application from a, a certain songwriter when Frank, Brother Rome, we call him Brother Romanello, Brother Rome, again on the phone, uh, I don't want to make you, Brother Rome's a strong servant of Christ, a great man of God, and he, uh, but I tell you, he was a little bit exhausted, that'd be the wonder statement of the day, probably been up all night, and he, I could hear it in his voice, he's had a hard time talking to me, but he was glad he was talking, and he was uh, a little while struggle. A little while of when that night, Friday night, if I understand it right, when Anna laid her head down on the pillow and they went to sleep for a little while and if I understood the story right, Brother Rome at a certain point didn't hear Anna breathing and he went to shake her and shook her and shook her and shook her and Anna had already passed into heaven. The last person she saw was her husband of 62 years, childhood sweethearts. They'd only been married once to each other, of course. Never knew anybody else. Three kids and a number of grandkids later. She went to sleep seeing Frank. 
until you woke up saying the Lord. For to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. To be absent from the body. There's no soul sleep, by the way. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It's Fanny Crosby. I've been to her graveside several times. Some of you have been there, too, in Bridgeport, Connecticut. I've been to her house that she grew up in. I've sat in a rock in her backyard in Brewster, New York. She wrote 3,000 hymns. She was blind at the age of three years of age. She did to be almost 90 years of age, 87 to 88 years of blindness. She wrote the words, when my life's work is ended and I cross the narrow way, I shall know him. I shall want to my Savior, first of all. Hey, to the child of God, this message has been to the child of God this morning, first and foremost. You hear this morning, there's a little while still of wondering, a little while of searching, a little while of sorrow. And some sorrow is good. We need to cry for our country. We need to cry for our churches. A little while of struggle, but it's for a moment. A little while to supplicate, to pray. A little while to serve. And it's a little while longer to believe until we see when our faith, our faith, our faith shall be sight. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. Lord, you said 11 times in the word of God, yet a little while to your disciples. Lord, you wanted us to know that a little while to hang on, and it's three score and 10. Maybe by reason of strength, four score years, 80 years, Lord, we are soon cut off and we fly away. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Lord, all the disciples we spoke about here in the last 40 minutes here, Lord, they're all with you. They've been with you for almost 2,000 years. Lord, this too shall end. Help us to be found faithful. Help us to struggle. Help us to, Lord, to continue to be faithful, Lord, when we, when we have our wonderment and our searching. When we, Lord, we help us to pray now. Help us to serve now. Lord, for the night cometh and no man can work. Help us, Lord, to continue to see. Lord, to believe and one day we'll see. Speak to hearts of God. God, God, speak to hearts of those that might need to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior this morning. Have your will and way in our moments of invitation, I pray. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together. Turn to page 72, Fanny Crosby's song.